You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. What is up, boys and girls, and welcome back to round 20 uh, of Buy, Hold, Sell, and Avoid. I'm Andy, your host. Look, I'm battling a sickness tonight, just like I was battling through no trades last week. So I'm feeling a lot less depleted now. <laughs> it was very <laughs> tough trying to get no one in. But look, let's bring in our two geniuses. Uh, first up, we'll go Brother Kyle. How was your, how was your week, mate? Are you got all your trades sorted or are you still tossing up? Oh, look, mate, I was going to be the year this week, but I thought I'd be a little bit conservative and at least save one or two for the run home because knowing me, I'll use all of them, have none left. I'll get two injuries and I'll be screwed. So. So I'm going to uh, just just simmer the calm the farm a little bit, I think, and just uh, run three trades and save one. Yeah, I think we talked yesterday and it was just more or less just having one player rested is going to stuff your hole. So I think I'm just going to either go one or two trades to the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, right. fair enough. Next up, I'm just going to another genius, Professor. How mm. are we, mate? <laughs> are we doing the same thing? Are we being safe with two trades? I think we're going to, and uh, it's. Odd situation my team at the moment. So I've got four red dots this week, but fortunately they happen to be the four worst players in my squad. Karen Ponga, <laughs> Toltau Kola, Jason Saab, and Brandon Smith, who obviously is back next week. So I've probably got the luxury where I could probably hold off and just wait and see how things go. But I am leaning towards going with two trades, you know, sending Ponga and Kola out, probably picking up and buy, which I think is going to backfire. But then it gives me ammo to go up, grab a Payne Haas or a Papali'i or... Uh, one of those plays in that 650 to 770 range. So that is looking very tempting. But yeah, two trades max this week. I think Mbai comes up in the questions. But yeah, I think a lot of people are probably bringing him in. And I think he's going to burn a lot of people too. <laughs> but still. still. <laughs> only, only if you have to play them. And if you do, you're in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> hey, While well, we got you on the, on the line, Professor, do you want to sort of plug the boys' articles this week? Yeah, for sure. So as many people would know, talking pod. Uh, Dot com is where you'll find all our written content. So TK has got his weekly playbook article out there. I've done the quick review of TLT with Quick Tap and an interesting article that should drop from Riley very soon. It's four ways to use four trades. So he's obviously picked up on the fact all us trade fiends out there have got four trades out of disposal this week, and he's going to go through four interesting ways to cover those. So I haven't seen the article, but I know it's going to be a good one because everything that's come from Riley's pen thus far has been top-notch. So again, talkingleaguepod.com. Speaking of those of trades, uh, my favourite meme is that one with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and he's got the, y'all get any other more of those trades? Let's get let's move on with the show. Uh, we'll get into the buy, hold, sell, avoid segment. Uh, our first off the list, I think a, a fair few people are probably keen on this player, but it'd be interesting to see uh, who, actually I've actually forgotten whose list this is, but Nat Butcher. We'll go... Kyle, there you go. He's waved his finger. It's fine. <laughs> He's 541k, 2% owned in the top 1,000. What are your thoughts on, on Mr. Butcher? 
yeah, so we all know earlier in the season, a lot of people picked him up and he did a really good job for, for a lot of people. Um, he had, a lot of people ended up getting off him and selling him for that top dollar. I can't remember which it was. It was around about the $600,000 mark, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. So I think everyone got off at the right time. But now it's come a time now where it's actually probably not a bad option to pick him up again. Uh, I'm certainly considering it this week. You know, and what I think you said last night, Andy, with no, oh, it was Jake, uh, with no Tupanua around, you know, no other real noted uh, second rowers to steal his minutes. I can really see him probably cracking into the 80 minutes going forward now for the rest of the season. The only reason he got that 66 minutes last week was due to that HIA. So um, I can see him playing 80 minutes on the edge um, with Angus Crichton on the other side. Um, you know, he's got solid base stats. He doesn't rely on the attacking stats to score a good 40-45 and he adds a few attacking stats most games. So that's where it pushes him sort of north 50 points. Uh, the only reason he's not getting 50 is when he's just not getting those attacking stats. You know, we know his track record when he plays on an edge, and I actually feel he's a really good pickup. Um, and, and and what's more, he's DPP, which is a really handy person to have on the run home. Um, so, you know, you could you could go from someone like an Ari Fim, which I know a few people are looking at, um, for 50k up to Net Butcher, or if you're maybe looking, um, someone looking to downgrade from Josh Jackson, which I think it's a pretty much like for like a uh, 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 cash down. Um, and I think that uh, Butcher will score equal or more than what Josh Jackson will on the run home. So I think he's a really good pickup this week and someone that I'm 99% locking in. Yeah, nice. So look, even if you have him on the bench, I suppose you could probably get rid of Cooler for him as well. Cooler's not playing this week and he's just under, I think it's 500k, which is crazy for Cooler to Butcher. He's probably aiming a player, which is pretty good. But Yeah, 30k. We might we might stay on the uh, second rower train. Um Adam Elliott is our next second rower here. He's, look, he, tell you what, crazy amount of ownership in the top 1,000, and it's understandable why. He was very cheap. Uh, in the top 1,000, he's not 79% owned, and he's 740K. What are your thoughts? Are we keeping him? Is, is he officially a keeper, Professor? Well, it's, it's very interesting with Adam Elliott because, you know, in previous years, he's had these stints where he'll go absolutely nuts for a few weeks, go above PPM or at PPM, and everyone goes, oh, wow, what a player. Then he reverts to type, start missing tackles, fall off, and, and be not very good. But this year, he's been very, very impressive. And if we sort of just take a quick snapshot of, at him this year, he's averaged 51 when he's played 50 minutes or more, which is probably the role we could expect him to continue to play if he played for any of the other 15 teams in the NRL but he does play for the Raiders, who are coached by Ricky Stewart, who loves to mix it up a little bit. So for me, the main concern with Adam Elliott is the recent uptick in minutes for Josh Papali and Joseph Tarpany, which appears to be squeezing Elliott's minutes down a little bit to that low 50s. Uh, but in spite of that, he still managed to go at a PPM, which for us at the moment, I've got to consider that to be relatively consistent and you know, widely owned. If we even stretch it out to the top 5K, 70% have got him. So... He's probably not a player that I'd necessarily want to go at Antipod. We do know he has the explosive play in him. You know, a nice little charge over from dummy half to grab a 10, 15 minute, uh, 10, 15 point bonus. And, you know, he's shown he can score tries this year. So I don't really think you want to sell him until he gives you a reason to do so. And that could be that he gets hurt, gets suspended, or if Ricky decides, right, we're not making the finals this year, let's plan for 2023. And most people are running with very low trades. I think it's an absolute luxury trade to be trading out a player that's going at above 50 with decent prospects, dual position, and plays in a team that's probably going to be very competitive until round 25. So for now, Andy, he is a hold. Yeah, no, it's, look, it's, it's pretty much self-explanatory. I think 
like you said, 740k, he's going so well, it's be hard to yeah. sell him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with the price, he's probably arguably overvalued now, but I don't think we can get too worried about that with plays that we currently own. It's more so looking at it from the other side of things. You're looking to buy a player that's significantly undervalued. That's where you sort of hold more emphasis about their price. Nice. All right, moving on. Uh, our next player that's in discussion, um, Reid Marnie. So he's 628k. 48% owned, which is actually quite surprising. Uh, but I guess the, the lack of hookers who play 80 minutes is probably the re- reason why that's so high. But uh, is he a buy-hold, seller void with Reid Marnie? He's obviously burned a few people. He's been in and out of my team twice. <laughs> but does he stay there, Kyle? Yeah, look, um, for me, I, I, I think I said this last week. I got rid of Reid Marnie a couple of weeks ago, and I'm, I'm rather happy that I did. I just feel he's been a real flop this year. Yes, he's... He's still going to give you mid-40 scores on a run home, but just he's not in that elite territory that a lot of us thought he probably would be. Uh, he just hasn't reached those heights, you know. He started off so well, we were half on about the start of last year where he scored that 110 or whatever it was, uh, and we thought, gee, here we go, he's going to be in his top, top, top bracket here. But it's sort of since he got injured and he's come back this year, he hasn't really shown us anything to be wanting to hold him. His running game's not there. You know, he's just not jumping out a dummy half like the premium guys we see, Damian Cook, Harry Grant. Um, he just doesn't look dangerous, and he doesn't look threatening around the ruck like those top-notch hookers do. He's missing a lot of tackles that I've said before that hookers shouldn't be missing and falling off. Um, and, and he's, you know, at 620k, I think you can do better. You know, as we mentioned, that butcher, save 100 grand, get him, or save 80 grand and get in that butcher. He's probably going to score higher by three or four, maybe five points a game, and he's already proven that this year. Um, you know, we can go up to the elite guys like Haas, David Fafita, Harry Grant, you know, for less than $100,000. Um, so for me, I think uh, Reed Marnie's a sell. He's just not cut that this year, and I think he can do better. No, nah, look, unfortunately, I think you're right. Being a para fan, <laughs> definitely hurts. I wanted to sort of... Um, Shoot the lights out, but he's not doing that, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> no, unfortunately, Para's not really doing that either. So look, I think they directly helping away. I think they directly correlate. Yeah, Para goes well, Reed Marnie goes well, and vice versa. So look, let's hope he sort of comes good, but he won't be in my team, so I'll be upset. And look, <laughs> there'll be some. Um, uh, if he goes well, I'll be happy for Para. If he doesn't go well, I haven't got him. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ne- next on the list, we've got uh, Talatai Kula. So he's 512K. He's owned by 58% people, which is, like you said, understandable. Uh, I think he's not playing this week. Is that a reason? Do we punt him because he's not playing? He's earned his cash. Uh, what do you reckon? He's buy, hold, sell, avoid. Yeah, so, we get, yeah so before we get into Cola, um, I'm not going to dwell too much on what those manly players have done this week because I've made my opinions quite clear on social media. But I highly recommend anyone who's not had the opportunity to view Trent Robinson's press conference from today to t- to go out and seek it. It is uh, very enlightening, and the way he articulates himself on this current situation is uh, is outstanding. But to the player, manly have indicated that the seven players that decide they don't want to play this week because there's a few rainbow stripes on their jersey won't be sanctioned any further. So what that means for Kohler is he will be available from round 21 all the way through to 25. So we've got him for five of the last six rounds. So not too bad. Good dual position versatility and the ability to uh, you know explosive play or two to score quite well. I think he does sit in no man's land for an awful lot of teams, particularly if you're sitting below 13.5 million in your team value, which is quite a lot of coaches. Because he's not good enough to be a starting centre. He's not good enough to be a starting winger fullback. But if you're looking at him as an 18th, 19th man, he's probably not good enough to be an 18th man and probably mm. too expensive to be a 19th man. So at 
okay. We're expecting him to average about 36, 38 down the stretch. So he is overvalued. Uh, for me, I'm very comfortable with coaches selling him, provided they've got some center cover on the bench because they might need it for one or two weeks down the stretch. Nah, very nice. <clears throat> like I said, I think he's out of my team purely because he's it's extra money to, to bend up by elsewhere. I think I'm actually trying to get Cook with his extra cash, which is a That's very, exciting. very big upgrade. <laughs> Huge upgrade. All right, next on the list, another another, another back. We've got Xavier Savage. Sorry, no, we did not have to say Savage. Yes, we do. We've got Xavier Savage, 451K, 35% only in top 1,000, but losing a bit of form like recently, um, which is surprising because Raiders has been playing pretty well, but he's just that cons- consistent 30, 35, a little bit extra than that. So is he a sell now? Kyle, or what are we thinking? Yeah, so um, he hasn't really set the world on fire. You know, uh, he, he had those couple of games where he really lit it up and people were like, oh, wait, let's wait for him to come back. And then and then Ricky Stewart said, you know, look, we don't, we're not going to play that X Factor in our team. He's not ready. And I think since he's come back, he hasn't really, as I said before, he hasn't really set the, the world on fire, has he? He's starting to lose money now, you know, Um He's at, at 451k. I think he's going to start leaking a little bit of cash. He's, he's very unpredictable. You don't know um, what he's going to give you. Uh, is he going to give you a boom score? Is he going to give you a bust score? You know, um, the Raiders do have a fairly soft run home, so you could take a gamble and, and hold him, but I just think he's a little bit too inconsistent. You know, I think you could be better downgrading him. Um, or if you look north, you know, you again, that butcher put pops up for another, what, $100,000, or sorry, yeah, $90,000. Um, you know, this is a really nice upgrade and someone that's far more re- reliable and consistent. You know, as I'd imagine, Xavier Savage would be an emergency for most teams. So if he's at that bracket and you can upgrade him to someone like a Matt Butcher, well, then there you go. You've got someone into your 17th and you could put someone down to your 18th man, which, you know, uh, really helps your, your squad depth. Um, but, you know, uh, but if you do want an emergency or a cash down, Go someone low. You know, I know a lot of people have spoken about it, bringing in Moses Simbai, whether that's a good thing or not. Um, but it's a good cash down and someone that's probably going to be around for most of the season. So I think for Xavier Savage, he's a sell. I love how we all know that Mbai is such a bad trading, but we're all doing it anyway. It's the best. It's like we're glutton for punishment. <laughs> he, he, might, he, might, he might play some hooker. Yeah, possibly. But even then, he would come off of the bench who was scoring 10s and up 13s. It's still mud. So, yeah. <laughs> we might stay on the uh, on the Raiders train. Uh, another half. He's not owned by many, but he has been known to be a fancy gun, especially last year. He was absolutely killing it. So, uh, Jamal Fogarty. So, he's 652K, only 3% owned in top 1,000. So, is he a buy now? Uh, is he a pot potential for those people that are trying to make an extra push there? So I think with Jamal Fogarty, we need to mention first, friend of the show. He's been on our show in the preseason this year and last year. Uh, gave us plenty of our time. And I think with Fogarty, you, you look at what he did last year, and he was very, very impressive when he actually played out the game. He was basically pushing high 50s. But as we know, the kick, all, the kick meter nerf affects him twice because the Raiders tend to be a team that doesn't kick the ball as much as other teams. Not too sure why. It could be a combination of they make lots of meters with the ball in hand or they turn the ball over a lot. But, yeah, his kick meters have dropped off since he's moved to the Raiders. Saying that, though, he's still averaged just over 50 since he's come back. And if you exclude that first game, which you know, we can probably all put down to a, a first game back after you know several months out, he averages 53.5, which I think is probably where we'd expect him to land for the rest of the season because he's got decent base stats. He's tackle to miss tackle ratios just about 13 to 1, which is pretty good for a half. He's got the pretty handy running game, and obviously his kicking 
most of the time instead of whitening obviously kicks goals for the Raiders and they're a team that you know can put some points on so I think he's a pretty safe player 53.5 he's not really going to get the needle moving in terms of if you're looking to climb up the ranks so I think he's a play that you definitely hold if you've got him because he's going to be a nice solid play for the rest of the season I'd only be buying him if you just don't have the budget to go pick up a DCE or a Munster to pair with a Cleary. Or if you've got one of those halves and you haven't got Cleary and you don't think you're going to be able to get him, I don't mind him as a bit of a compromise. And I would personally take him over Reynolds just because I think from an injury perspective, there's less concerns with Fogarty this year compared to Reynolds. Well, it's funny you do mention Reynolds. He's the next one on the list. Just... Oh, look, it's hey, another segue. Hey. I was supposed to do in the segway, see? We, we, <laughs> I teed it up for you. You didn't go for it. <laughs> no, no, no. No, look, it's a bit, it's a bit of fun. Uh, Reynolds, I think, to be fair, I, I think I might choose Reynolds, but we might. Uh, it wasn't in my rapid bounce, but I might put that in the rapid bounce just purely to see if we go. But, Kyle, while we're speaking Reynolds, um, 697K, 2.6% ownership. So, very low ownership as well. Uh, is he someone that you might be looking at if, for a bit of a, a pod difference? A pod difference, yeah. that's pod difference, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a pod play. Yeah, so look, you know, 6.7% owned. Um, as, as we've spoken, he's a great alternative to uh, Cam Munster or DC if you can't quite reach them. Um, but he is a rung below them. Um, <laughs> I think the Broncos, I think the Broncos will continue their, their good form uh, running into the final series. They're really the team that's really starting to hit, hit some form. And I just read some articles tonight from Kevy Walters talking about all their players between 50 and 100 games that are really starting to understand themselves and each other and he said that the whole team's starting to really bind to that Broncos culture which only spells good things for not only Adam Reynolds but the Broncos as a whole um, so as you guys spoke about last night Andy um, you know his trisis this year are way up compared to last year I think last year he had five or six tries this all year um, and also he's scoring a lot of tries um, which is really helping him and his scores but they, they, they seem to be consistent um, if he's not scoring tries he's putting more on so though it's kind of making up if he's not scoring he's putting a lot of tries on so it's kind of making up those numbers there for him um, and he also seems to be running to the line heaps more um, he's really biting into that defence a hell of a lot more than he did last year and it just sort of seems like he's really confident in his game and his, and his players around him so I think he's he is looking really good but I'd just be aware you know we know that he has got the low score in him he has got the 30 or the 40 in him which um, which we have as I said we've seen before um, but I feel he's going to be more up than he is down on the run home so I, I am expecting him to finish strong as I, I said before but just be aware there's those flu symptoms that he's carrying this week so he may be a little bit down on energy if he plays and I, and I dare say Kevy will want him to play but then again they are they are playing the Tigers so there may be an opportunity to rest him um, but we know what the Tigers did last week almost caused a massive upset so as I said I think Kevy will want him to play I'm on the fence with him and I'd say monitor him and just see see where he's at leading into the game uh, if he's not a buy this week he, he most likely could be next week nah, Nice and good analysis on the on the buy hold sell segment guys uh, really informative and I feel like I might need to change my couple of trades this week <laughs> purely, purely from that uh, we might as well. Um, oh, sorry, last one on the list. My bad. I already filled him out. Ruben Garrick. So he's 712k, 26.4% ownership. So I, I suppose a lot of people got on him as soon as Turbo got out. And look, like he did it last year. He's sort of a developing fullback. But is he someone you're looking to, to pick up, or is he sort of at the top of his price there, Robbo? Well, I insisted that we do cover him this week because I actually do own him. 
and I've been very happy with him. He's been one of my very few success stories this year. And the reason why he's been very handy for us is not only because he's a spitting image of our great friend Jamie Brown from NRL Fantasy Analysis, but he's averaged 50.5 at fullback this year, which you've got to factor into that as well. Round 16 against the Storm, when they put on 36 points uh, against a, a really strong team, he didn't kick any goals because he got that hip pointer injury during the middle of the game when he got smashed after putting on a try for someone else. And you factor that into the average, 50.5, that's pretty strong. And we can expect that he's going to be in that sort of low 50s, which at winger fullback this year, we know is a very passable average for a player in that position. So I would be selling him. The only circumstance where I would be looking to sell him would be is if he's your only meal ticket to go up to a Murray, a Cook, or a Cleary. So, you know, one of the three best plays in the game. If you're looking to shift him to a Tedesco, I probably wouldn't do that. It seems quite luxury at the moment to do that with, you know, Garrick playing for Manly. They're going to be competing for that top eight spot. They're going to need him out there every week. Whereas Tedesco, you know, if the Roosters put a couple of games together, he might get the odd rest or two or even just some minutes rest at the end of games. So, I would only be looking at him to hold. I don't think I'd be going out and buying him because you can get Latrell for a cheaper price. Well, Tedesco, I think, now is only about 30 grand cheaper. And if you told me that at the start of the season, Andy, if you could have Garrick in the low 700s or Tedesco in the mid 700s, which way are you going? <laughs> yeah, I think Teddy for sure. <laughs> 100%. So, yeah, hold if you got him like I do. But otherwise, uh, yeah, probably wouldn't be steering my ship towards him. Now, that's officially the end of <laughs> the buy, hold, seller, uh, avoid segment. <laughs> and we might hit you with some news and injuries before we hit up some questions. Uh, okay, so we've got Jerome Luai is out with a knee injury, uh, along with the, his fellow partner in crime, Stephen Crichton. He's getting some plastic surgery done, courtesy of Fanukin. Poor bugger. He's at least he's going to have some very good-looking ears, though, after this, hopefully. Uh, we've got Ponga <laughs> out with a concussion. Still unsure for how long for... But, you know, with those concussions, could be one week, could be six weeks. So I actually haven't been drafted. I think I'm going to hold him and just hope he comes back. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see, depending on how um, the nights are going on the table there. Uh, Ramsey owners can be happy if you still own him. We don't want to sell him. He's, he's only going to miss two games, but I think he's a bit of a sell. Uh, RFM owners are spewing with his <laughs> recent rib injury, especially with Corey Waddell. Uh, again, fine. RFM would have started on the edge and got some cracking minutes, but that's unfortunate for us. He's a he's a sell for me because um, Madison was out with the rib injury and he was out for three weeks. So we'll see there. Uh, Ruben Cotter is a chance to play this week. He was named in the reserve, which is good. The uh, mullet, long-haired mullet. I can't wait to see that guy play again. Mining owners can hope for a turbo performance with him overcoming a quad injury. And he's against uh, reversing Manly. So... Jeez, that could be good with all those players out. Manu could go on fire. And the last one we've got here is Luke Garner. So apparently he's out with a neck and shoulder injury. I thought he was dropped, but uh, it's actually for injury. So I'm not too sure if Safarth is an actual good pickup for that cheap spot. It doesn't look like he's going to lock that spot in. So no dramas. Well, that's the news and injuries. Let's go into our favorite segment here, Rapid Bounce. <laughs> right, we, we had we had two differences last week. We'll see if we, we go more. I've got six options here. So we'll see if we get a 50-50 split. We'll see how we go. For the first one, we've got Cook or Murray. We'll start with you, Professor. Cook or Murray? Oh, it's like asking a parent to pick between the two favorite children. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming you've got sufficient hooker coverage, I'm saying go Cam Murray. I think they'll average very, very similar, and Cam Murray is cheaper. All right, Kyle. 
Uh, we've got so many middles these days and uh, that are good enough to cover. I'm going Cook. He's the best player in fantasy this year. Highest scorer for a reason. Cook all day. I'm going to split the difference here and say Cook as well. I am picking him up in draft and <laughs> go off his sponge. Jake had a good stat uh, yes, yesterday. His score against the Warriors and he scored a couple of tons against them. So that's that's massive. And Cole also it's unfortunate for you, Warriors. <laughs> so yeah, cool. well, I'm, I'm captaining Munster this week too. And then next week will be Cook. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got Meany or Brimson for ring of fullback. Roughly around the same price, but who do you think is going to score higher? We'll go Professor. I'm assuming this is a question for your draft team. Uh, <laughs> I would prefer to go Meany out of these two because there is the chance that, like he did on the weekend, he gets the odd big play, like a big line break, because I think the Storm are going to fire up eventually. So, yeah, I'd be going him as opposed to the player playing for the uh, disastrous team of the year. Okay, Cole? Yeah, I'm going Meany as well. Storm need to bounce back. Meany looks good at fullback and averaging some good points, and they're playing the Warriors-Titans next two games. Uh, this is going to be a J-A-K. Because I'm also going Meany as well, purely because yeah. it's a kicking points as well, and Storm uh, will have to come, have to bounce back. And he's your uh, new love interest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I might get a photo of him. We will we'll see. Yes. Next one's we one because obviously there's an ex- more expensive player, but Haas first. Elliot, we'll start with you, Kyle. Haas all day of the week. Pedigree um, minutes are far more consistent. Um, they're both explosive, but Haas will be more consistent. Score of sixty plus. Uh, so Haas for me any day, all day, no contest whatsoever. <laughs> Robbo? Haas, perfectly articulated there by Kyle. As much as I want to break the difference here and go Elliot, <laughs> I just think Haas, Haas will, will eventually play better. Uh, next one, captain for this week, Cleary or Hines? Robbo? I'm a boring type and always captain the same player, but if I'm going to play the game, I would be very comfortable with people going and captaining Hines this week. Kyle? Cleary, because there's no Luai. I did bring a stat up that he scores lower without Luai, but I think he'll go better than Hines. I'm sticking with the guns. I'm going Cleary as well. So that's, that's another 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so these guys are roughly around the same price. Uh, Butcher or Talakai? I know Talakai's got that good run home, but what are your thoughts there, uh, Kyle? Net Butcher, far more consistent, going to play 80 minutes. He's got great base, whereas Talakai needs attacking stats to score well. Okay. Robbo? Net Butcher, his name's an occupation. And again, playing on the edge, he should score better than the centre. As much as I want to say Talakai, <laughs> so I'm going to go Butcher <laughs> as well. <laughs> Sorry, hey, TK. One lo- <laughs> yes, last, last, one here, last one here, we've got Reynolds versus Fogarty. We did discuss him in the buy hold cell, but what are your thoughts? We'll go Professor. I would go Jamal Fogarty. I just think he's more reliable in terms of being on the field for the last six weeks. Kyle? Well, I did say about Reynolds and Ford and Monitor. I actually think, as I said, I'll go back to my points. Brisbane are going to run home hard. Uh, Reynolds is going to continue to score tries, set them up and kick goals when Brisbane score plenty of points. So Adam Reynolds for me. Kyle, come over here, come under my wing, because I'm going around as well. <laughs> um, purely for the fact that you mentioned he was hitting the line really, really strong, and he's actually comedy deep. You know what that means for me? That screamed he's confident in his body, and he probably hasn't got much niggly, niggly injuries. So if he can get over this flu, I think he should be good for the, for the run home. 
Oh, I think that was pretty good. There's a pretty decent split there for, for rapid bounce. <laughs> so we'll move on. Uh, just let you know, guys, there won't be any comps this week. So they'll be back next week. But you can still win by purchasing our merch at rugbyleaguemerch.com. My personal favourites is the beer coolers. And surely surely we'll be thinking about bringing the big dick energy one on the cards. I think <laughs> I think bringing something along those will be a bit hard when you sort of don't buy your kid one and send to school. That's all I'm saying. What's it? What's it? What's it? What's it? Picture are you going to put on that cooler, mate? Oh, I'll, I'll, we'll see if we can come up with something funny. <laughs> that would be quite awesome. Let, let your mind do the, do the, the visual. Yeah, that's why I asked the question. <laughs> <I'm already in laughs> the yeah. uh, let's get on to the questions here. Uh, Professor, this one's for you. This one's from Nathan, Nathan Affleck. Is Umbai a possible 220K cash out and upgrade elsewhere? Is Hass and IPAP? Oh, sorry, no, Hass and IPAP. Fantastic question from Nathan because a lot of coaches are in the same dilemma of looking at that other cash out and if you're looking at selling a cola, which I know we've spoken about before, I think there's a question on it later. I don't mind Moses and Buy, but the thing is you need to set your expectations accordingly. That is not going to be a great break glass in case of emergency. You're hoping that if you buy, you're only relying on him to replace a centre maybe once on the run home. So... In terms of Mbai's prospects, he's playing fullback this week, but we know that Cody Ramsey's probably only two weeks away. And when that occurs, I would expect that Mbai will stay in the 17. You probably want him to shift to centre and move Jack Bird to the to the, the forwards, which is what I'm hoping for. But worst case, he's coming off the bench. And, you know, when there's HIAs and, you know, those sort of injuries that are going to occur down the back stretch, he probably might sneak a 25 in the week you need him. So I don't have an issue with people going for him by, but again, set your expectations accordingly. Yeah, nice there. Uh, right, this one's from Michael John Fulcher. This one's for you, Kyle. Ramsey to Umbai, Lolo to Haas, and Paul to Difafita. These sound good. What are your thoughts? Yeah, cheers for that question, man. That's awesome. As um, Jace just said about Umbai, uh, if you're going to bring him in, just let's hope you don't have to play him. Um, you know, Ramsey to Umbai, that's pretty much a like for like anyway. Uh, but yeah, Lolo to Haas and Pule to uh, Fafita are two huge upgrades, man. So mm. yeah, lock those in for sure. Yeah, nice. I think we're all in the greens there. Uh, all right, Mike Patterson, this one's for you, Professor. Bringing in Haas, who do I sell out, Moses or McInnes? Well, I think people would expect me to say Moses based off the fact that Dale Finucane going to be out for two weeks. I think with Moses, he's very serviceable as a half, and depending on Mike's team, which we don't have the privilege of knowing uh, at the moment, I would be pretty keen to hold on to Moses. As Jake and the boys mentioned on Sunday, he's not going to score 50 every week, but he's going to average 50 rest of the season. It's going to be up one week, down one week, and so forth. So I'd be more keen to keep him. We know his role is solidified as the starting halfback for the Parramatta team who are going to try and make the eight, and I think probably will make the eight, and there's probably going to be a hiding or two in there. So I'd be looking to move on McInnes, which if you're looking at that trade, those two players are roughly about the same price. Haas were hoping for a high 50s, low 60s. McInnes is low 50s at best. So if you're going to make that trade, Mike, I'd be looking to move McInnes on. So you tell me Moses is going to be... Um killing it so the Parramatta make top four and then we be in premiership. Is that what you're saying? I'd love Parramatta to be in the top four because <laughs> South would probably get in the semi and flog them like I did two years ago. <laughs> still hurts. Still hurts. Oh, <laughs> oh. Right, this one's for you, Kyle. We've got Rohan James. Should I go Hughes and Kennedy to Munster and a cheapie or May and Kennedy to Teddy and a cheapie? 
Tough move taking out a solid keeper like Kennedy, though. TK, solid yeah, keeper. I, TK, yeah. we have we'll have the tissues out after this one. <laughs> um, to, having a look at it, I'll actually go uh, Taylor May and Kennedy or Cheapy and Teddy. I think for keeping Hughes will be more consistent than uh, Taylor May, who's generally a thirty to forty point scorer, whereas Teddy will give you fifty plus most weeks. Teddy can Teddy can go boom, but so uh, sorry Munster can go boom, but so can Teddy. So more points with the Teddy Hughes combo than a May and Munster combo. Can you just say Teddy one more time? Teddy. <laughs> I thought it sounded like you're saying Teddy. <laughs> oh. That is my my potty humour. My potty humour. <laughs> it's all right, mate. No, nah, nice. Uh, ne- uh, next one's for all of us, I reckon, guys. So, how many trades are you holding for the run home? I'll I'll go first at the moment. One, but I might change that to two purely for emergencies. But yourself, guys. Go Robo first. Big shout out to Ted. Long known him a long time. I'm going to hold minimum two, but that's probably where we're looking. Two to three, I think, is the range. Carl? Same as you, Andy. Um, I've had a horrible last few weeks, so I need to sort of just make a couple of little trades that I need to really make to just strengthen up. So it's either going to be one or two, but I'm leaning to one. So I hope that helped, Ted. We'll, we'll see. How do you say his name, Carl? Ted. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Professor, this one's for you. This is from Sam Miratana. Big fan of your work, lads. Who would you pick out of Nat Butcher or Dwayne needing a cut price keeper due to lack of funds? Thank you, Sam, by the way. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Glad to hear you're enjoying the content. Uh, for these two plays, I think it really depends on positionally what you need. If you've got a nice set, uh, three players at winger fullback, I'd be going Nat Butcher because I think he'll probably out-average Dwayne. I think Dwayne, he's probably going to be a high 40s, low 50s. I'm pretty confident Butcher will be 50 plus, uh, much like Kyle explained earlier. Uh, nice. Uh, Cole, uh, Ryan Edding- Eddington has a question for you. Is Ilias a decent cash down option or are Lolo and Mahoney sells or Marnie sells? Yeah, Elias isn't actually a bad option. Like, um, no one has really brought him up. He's only 341K. But I just I feel if you're going to cash down, you go all the way. You open up, up as much cash as you can. It's a time of year where you need that cash to really splash and move up up in the ranks or really uh, cash in and get someone like him, Cam Murray, Damien Cook, if you don't have them already. Um, he's similar to Mam where, you know, they're, they're very rocks and diamonds. I actually think Mam's a lot better. Um, so, nah, don't go to Elias, mate. Go all the way down to 220K. And, yes, nice. I think uh, I think Lolo's, Lolo's a sell. Um, he's just not really producing the goods like he did last year. You know, his minutes will be reduced when Cotter returns. And as uh, TK said last night, he um, it's only been his minutes have been cut back to sort of under that 60, which I sort of think that's where he's going to sit when Cotter comes back. So I think there's far better options around for that mid-600. Um, this year we'll go higher to the elite. And we spoke about, about, about Marnie earlier. So, yeah, uh, don't go Elias, mate. Go all the way down. Uh, lovely. Uh, all right, last one, but not least. Got Regan Kusau. This one's for you, Professor. What do we do with Max King and RFM? Is Cooler a sell-off? Cooler to Tass and Max King to Papali'i? Question mark. Some interesting trades here from our friend Regan. Now, in terms of Max King and RFM, with Max King, we sort of spoke about him last week, and I'm pretty comfortable in keeping him uh, in the same bracket as Adam Elliott in the sense that he's going to average probably high 40s, low 50s, 
he's a player that you already own, so you don't have to you know, spend a trade to go and get him. So I'd probably hold him until it doesn't look pretty for him, which obviously with Waddell out, Thompson nowhere to be seen, and RFM hurt. Probably hold him for now. RFM depends on your team. I'm very comfortable in you going ahead and selling him. As we know, rib injuries can be quite troublesome for edge players, as anyone who owns Tyson Frizzell can attest to. For Cola, spoke about him before. Go ahead and sell him if you need to. In terms of these two trades, Cola to Tass, Max King to Papali'i. I'm a, very, I'm a bit curious about these. I'm assuming Tass, you're probably looking at his 18th, 19th man. I think he's too expensive mm. for that cause, as Kyle just mentioned before. You want to go all the way down, and dare I say, him by might be the best option, or Dean Mariner if you want to go for a bit of risk, because I reckon they're playing him to see whether he's got what it takes for the rest of the season. Max King for Papali'i, uh, again, if you're needing to do that first cash down, I'd probably just hold King and find another way to get a good player in. No, nah, nice. Good advice from from, from us three. Oh, well, mainly you guys. But <laughs> that's, well, listen, that's the end of round 20, buy, hold, sell, avoid. Um, I'm just going to have some last words. Any last words for us? We'll go, Robbo, you first. Well, after an insipid performance, that's one for you, Thesaurus, Andy. Jay Warrior is now one point ahead of me in the overall rankings. So... I'm going to be giving my team the absolute spray before the uh, match tomorrow, uh, you know, Craig Bellamy style. So uh, hopefully a better round for all the coaches out there. Is this a Zach Galifianakis uh, halftime speech from due date? If you haven't seen that, it's a cracking... Yeah, have, a, have a watch of that one. Yeah, I don't watch many movies, believe it or not. <laughs> Kyle, any last words? Yeah, mate. Uh, for the next two weeks, I'm captaining Munster and Cook against the Warriors. <laughs> I was expecting in a... Uh... <laughs> nah, that's out the window, mate. I got too much <laughs> shit for that last week. All right, listeners, thank you very much and hope you guys enjoyed round 20, buy, hold, sell, avoid. See you all.